Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Jesus, somebody say Jesus. Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen. But before we jump into our Christmas messages here at, at PCLV, amen, and celebrate the birth of our Savior, before we, we, we go into our Italiano potluck Christmas, amen, praise the Lord. You guys are going to be blessed, amen. We're going to have, a, we're going to have some, some Italian music playing, amen, and we're just going to just have a good time, amen. But before we do all that, amen, I want to jump back. Somebody say, let's jump back. I know that we never go back or we're not supposed to look back, but there are seasons that we need to jump back into some positions that we sometimes lose. And so I want to jump back to our theme, rooted. Somebody say, rooted. Somebody say, root, 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 root. Come on, you got to dance when you do that, amen. Come on. So, so, so many times we go through our seasons, amen, and we forget the very basic, simple things that keeps us established. And those little things that get us back on track. How many get off track at times? And there are times that we need to get back on track. And it's very, the very simple things that get us back. And for, for some of us, it, it can be the rooted dance. Root, root, root. And you get back. I, I got to stay rooted. You know, as silly as it sounds or feels, those little simple things remind us of a big God. Come on, somebody say amen. And so we need those simple things in our minds because we seem to complicate things. Can somebody say amen? And so we overthink things, we overthink and we overgo through things, and we got to go back to the basics. And the gospel church is very, very simple. We're the ones that complicate the gospel. And so we can just bring the simplicity of who Jesus is. It will always remind us and bring us back on track. And we, say I, I. must stay rooted. Say, I, I got to stay rooted. Somebody say, root it. root it. Come on. Sometimes you got to yell at your spouse. Root it. Root it. You forgot to get rooted, girl. <laughs> Come on. Get rooted, girl. You know, dude. <laughs> well, some of you guys have that kind of language for each other. Amen. I, I, I can't call my wife dude. Amen. It's just doesn't click for us, amen, but, but uh, she's, always, she's always babe to me, or baby, hallelujah, praise the Lord, but whatever your lingo is, remind each other that we got to stay rooted, somebody say root it, amen, hallelujah, so I want to remind us that root it uh, is, is the theme, amen, is it's going to take us into the new, the new banner of 2023, so you, I want you to really think about as we go into the Christmas season, and we, of course, there's always a joy and, and, the, and the spirit of joy and giving and all that stuff, amen. But, but at the same time, I want you to think back through the seasons that we have been through as a church. And we have been through some seasons, and we have been through some storms, amen. Come on, his love is like a storm. Come on, somebody. And so those are the good storms, amen. But through all the themes from the past is setting us up for 2023, but rooted is a key that's going to take us to our new banner, amen. It's going to take people that are rooted and established, 
People that have made up their minds. Anybody made up their mind? Come on, you, you got to make up your mind. It's Jesus or bust, amen. It's not, you can't be jumping off the Jesus bus, amen, when things get a little bumpy. You got to stay on the bus. Tell your neighbor, stay on the bus. Come on, tell your neighbor, use the seatbelt. <laughs> come on, come on. Some of you guys don't use that seatbelt, amen. And so when it gets a little bumpy, it, you, it's easy to get out. You got to have the seatbelt on, amen. I, I like Pastor Randy, amen. He says, you know what, just grab a hold. It's, it's a white knuckle ride. Come on, when you grab something, hold your knuckles turn white. So you got you can't just bail on Jesus. He never bails on you. So hold on. Tell your neighbor, hold on. Come on. And so we got we gotta understand, but it's gonna take people that, that have made up their minds to possess, listen, church, to possess what God has in store for us. God has some great things for you. You gotta believe that. We brought our kids in, in our war room prayer because I wanted to remind them that they are a blessing. I wanted to remind our kids that they have, they, they're a purpose, amen, in this house. They have purpose in the kingdom of God, amen. They're not a, just a nobody, they're a somebody, amen. I don't care what the world says, they're a somebody in the kingdom of God. And we as people and parents have to remind them, you're good. We love you. Come on. Come on. They mess up just like you messed up. Don't forget that. Come on. You were a knucklehead at one time. And some of us are still working our way out. Hallelujah. But, 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 but God loves the knucklehead. You know? And so we got to continue to stay focused because let me tell you, none of us, none of us, not even myself, nobody here has arrived. Just like Sister Miranda said, amen. Come on, it's not about you. Come on, tell your neighbor, it's not about you. <laughs> Come on, you make it all about you. Hallelujah. And it's not about you. When you make it about you, you take your eyes off who it really is. And it's about Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, so tell your neighbor, put your eyes back on Jesus. Come on. Come on. Don't just, just be happy. I don't know about you, but this last few weeks, amen, through Christmas, God has brought me back to the root of who he is, amen, and to bring back the joy in my life that, you know what, I am blessed. Come on, you're blessed, amen. Come on, we may not have all that we want, but let me tell you, God gives you all that you need. Come on, hallelujah. So hold on to those things that are valuable and precious, amen. And if you're faithful, listen, with the little, you'll be faithful with the much. Come on, homie, you want some much? <laughs> Come on, I don't know about you, but I like some much. <laughs> you know, you got, you got to understand, just stay faithful, be grateful, and be joyful. Can somebody say amen? amen? We are, when we are rooted, when you are rooted in God, we will stay, we will remain, and we will possess. Listen, one of the definitions of possess is to enter into. And hold firmly. I want you to understand. I want you to keep that in your mind. Is to enter into and into hold firmly. Amen. Come on, control firmly. Amen. You got to understand. But before we do that, we must understand the purpose. Tell your neighbor there's a purpose. Amen. Come on. That's why we're here. You're not just here to show up. You're not here for Pastor Art, amen. You're not here to show up at PCLV, amen. We're not here for nothing else. You came here because there's a purpose for you. Come on, the enemy would try to take away that purpose, but I'm here to remind you that there's a purpose why we gather. 
why we're here, why we come to church. Come on, there is a purpose. It's not just a Sunday thing. It's not just to get a star on your attendance uh, thing, amen? Attendance thing, hallelujah. Follow, help me out, amen? But, but we're here because there's a purpose. Sometimes we're, well, the purpose is that we're broken. Come on, the purpose is that we're going through a season. The purpose is that we're here, we're looking for a savior. The purpose is that, you know what, I'm lost and confused on the world. So, so there's, a, I come here for a purpose. I come here looking for an answer. I'm coming here for something better to better my life with. There's a purpose. There's a purpose why our teachers teach our children. There's a purpose in everything that we do in this house. There is a purpose. And sometimes we tend to forget about that. So I want you to turn to the book of Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. I just want to use this as a scripture to launch out on. But it says, blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Come on, rooted people who have made their Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along the riverbank with roots. Somebody say roots that reach down deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought they, 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 they're, they're, their leaves stay green and they never, listen, they never stop producing fruit. See, it doesn't matter what season you're going through. It doesn't matter where you're at or what's hitting your life, amen. We as true disciples continue to go forward. Can somebody say amen? We continue to keep serving, amen. We continue to keep producing. Why? Because there's a purpose. We can't quit. You quit, your family falls apart. You quit, your finances get destroyed. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Come on, how many have quit before? Come on, and how, how, how's that gone? Come on, it's gone bad, right? We understand that there's a purpose in the church, and there's a purpose why we do certain things. There's a purpose why we give, and there's a purpose why we sing. There's a purpose behind everything. If we stick to the purpose, listen, church, then you won't go through the trials as much. Are you following me? Come on. It's, it's what keeps us going. Why am I here? Because there's a purpose. Why am I here? Because there's a purpose in my life. There's a purpose in my marriage. There's a purpose in my home. There's a purpose for my children and for our children's children. Follow me, church. And today I want to minister on rooted in the purpose. Rooted in the purpose. I like this, this, uh, this graphic that I'm uh, Pastor Brandon made, amen. Look at that, amen. Whew. Everything's black, but this is green right here. And I said, well, there's growth. There's, it's going down. And, and sometimes this, some of the roots there that, that get brittle got cuts. And he, and he fixes it, and then the roots get stronger and stronger. You ever try to pull out a weed? I hate weeds. I, I hate them, amen. And I, and I cut my grass. There's always this one weed that's, aha, I'm still here. And you can, you can get the lawnmower and say, oh, yeah. And you go over that weed and you thought you eliminated the weed. But what happens in a few weeks, it comes back out. Why? Because I didn't pull it by its roots. And so we got to get to the roots of things. But the root that we're talking about here is, is for a purpose root. The root that we have is we go deeper in order to produce the outside. If you have root, you have fruit. Follow me, okay? You have root. Say that with me. If you have root, then I have fruit. 
So our roots have to go deeper. And so something is that we get saved for a little while and the root goes a little bit and we stay there. And there's nothing happening outside. We come to church, but there's, there's no joy. There's no happiness. There's no blessing because you keep, you, you, you haven't let that root go down deeper. You got to root yourself in Christ. And when you do, you produce fruit. That's why it says it never stops producing fruit. I'm not bothered by the winds and storms. Jesus says in this world, you're going to have trials. You're going to have tribulation, but, but be a good cheer. I've overcome the world. And so as long as we know that we are overcomers through Christ, guess what, church? We can move forward. We can still keep serving, and we can still keep producing. It does not stop because a trial has hit our life. And that's the problem. We think we hit a trial, or we start, we give in to the trial. Come on, right? All of us do that. we got to learn to press through that because there is a purpose. If there was no purpose, you would not go through a trial. The devil won't even bug you. But because there's purpose in you, guess what? He brings all of hell against you. You ever felt like all hell's against you? Come on, devil, the demons, his mother-in-law, everybody. Everybody's coming at you. <laughs> I'm just playing. If you're a mother-in-law, we love you. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I'd get your attention there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but we need to understand the purpose of the church and why it exists and what does it mean for the way we live. Now, purpose of the church is to manifest, listen, to the world, the character of God. The only way they're going to know God, know Jesus, is through our lives. They're not going to see him. They don't know him, but they'll know him through you. We display, we manifest the character of God. Can somebody say amen? So what is the, what is the use of the church? Well, the biblical answer to that is that it deals not what, what the church does for you, but what the church does for God. You understand that? Let me, let me say that again. The answer is not that what the church does for you, but what the church does for God. We're here to do something for God. He's already done enough for us. Can somebody say amen? Come on. So as soon as we begin to understand this church, then we'll turn from our self-centered involvement in the church to a God-centered life. We're not just being involved, church. God is the center of our life. This is life. We're doing life right here. Come on. Come on. It's not just being involved. It's not just being, I got to do this. No, no. I'm God-centered. I do the things I do because I'm God-centered. He's my everything. Can somebody say amen? See, in order to understand this, then you and I need to turn to 1 Corinthians to see what Paul teaches on what the church is supposed to look like. All right? Come on, for some of this, amen, it's going to show some resemblance of who we are right now. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 says this, To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The first purpose, church, of the church is to be holy. Somebody say holy. See, Paul greets the church of Corinth as those called to be holy. That's how Paul is defining them. Holiness means that we are to possess a certain kind of strangeness. 
Come on. Meaning that we, say I, we are to be different, church, because we have been set apart. That is what holy means, is to be set apart. Come on. That's, uh, there are way too many Christians today that blend in with the world. Come on, you cannot tell the difference. They look the same, they walk the same, but one is supposed to be saved and be different, yet we look the same. Come on, there's, there's something wrong when we start to resemble the world. We are to resemble Christ. Come on, we are to be called different. We're, we are called to be strange, peculiar people, the Bible says. Amen. We're not to blend in with the world. We're not to be looking like the world. Amen. We are to be different and we are to be holy. Can somebody say amen? Matthew chapter 5, 13 says, You are the salt of the earth, and what good is salt if it, lo it loses its flavor? Can it be salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Listen, church. If a seasoning has no flavor, it has no value. If a seasoning has no flavor, it has no value. If Christians make no effort to affect the world around them, then we are of little value in the kingdom of God. If we are too much like the world, then we, church, I, are worthless. Christians should not blend in with everyone else. We are to be different, amen. We, shouldn't be, we should be affecting others in a positive way. Come on, just like season, seasoning brings out the best flavor in food. Come on, I don't know about you, but I like my ribeye with some butter and some salt and pepper, hallelujah. That, that is all I need on my ribeye, amen. And those flavors, those seasonings, what? Bring out the, man, they bring out the flavor in that meat. Oh, my Lord, I want a ribeye right now, hallelujah. Woo, who wants to join me? Oh, my Lord. If any of you guys want to bless pastor with something for lunch, you say, pastor, let's go eat some ribeye. I say, oh, let's go. Come on. Hallelujah. That is my favorite meat right there. Amen. Listen, the church is called to holiness. You, I want you to grab a hold of everything I'm speaking to because this is what's taking us into 2023. All right. Holiness. The, call of, the church is called a holiness. But in that holiness, listen, church. Discipline is needed. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, it says this. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. People say, well, I can do whatever I want to do with my body. And though they think that's freedom... They are really enslaved to their own desires. See, we get saved, and when we become a follower, listen, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. Do you know that? Once you get saved, once you come to the altar, once you get made that decision, you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? He comes right in. He starts to move. He starts to clean house. He starts to do things in your life. That's why people just break down. I mean, there's, there's an emotional change. There's something that happens at the altar. Why? Christ just moved in. Christ just started moving in, and you felt his presence. And in his presence, let me tell you, we humble ourselves. In his presence, we're, we, 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 we're ashamed. That's why Peter said, you know, well, uh, get away from me. I'm a man of what, uh, unclean lips. You know, he felt unworthy because he was in the presence of God. 
in the presence of God, you, you get to see the mess in your life. Man, I'm jacked. When I get in the presence of God, man, I'm messed up. I'm tore up, man. I need Jesus. I need, how many need some Jesus in this place? And when you get into the presence of God, then it establishes your character of who you are and the character that you need to be. We're supposed to be holy, church. You were bought at a high price, church. Come on. Uh, your bodies no longer belong to you when you give your life to Jesus. That means you can't do what you want to do. Come on. This ain't Burger King. Hallelujah. Have it your way. You can't have it your way. Do they even use that theme anymore? No. You guys don't even know it. Amen. Hallelujah. That was a theme for, for Burger. Have it your way, you know. No, no. You can't have it your way. Come on. Come on, you can't, you gotta do it God's way. Come on, you gave your life. He bought you with a high price. You didn't come cheap, church. He bought you. He owns you. You gave him the rights to move in and live inside of you. Church, Christ's death frees us from sin, but it also obligates us to live in his standards as well. You invite him in. You're inviting his standards. That means you can't do what you want to do. There's a standard given now. Our standards for some of us was way down here. Come on. And, and God starts to bring up that standard. That's not how you talk to a woman. That's not how you act. That's not how you talk. That's not how you, you're not supposed to. So the standards go higher and they go higher and higher each time we get closer and closer to him. Each time our roots go deeper, I mean, he exposes things inside of us. Come on, somebody. And he shows us you got to raise the standard, son. You got to raise the standard, daughter. Come on. Somebody say, raise it up. You know that what's worse than someone who commits adultery? A church that says nothing about it. Come on, 1 Corinthians. We're going to the Corinth church, amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, it says, I can't hardly believe the report about sexual immorality going on among you. Something that even pagans, talking about the world, the world don't even do this. It goes, uh, uh, and it goes, something that the pagans don't do. I'm told of a man in your church who's living in sin with his stepmother. And you guys are so proud of yourself, but you should be in mourning or mourning in sorrow and shame, and you should remove this man from your fellowship. Here's a church, amen, that, that knows what's going on, but yet they're having a church like nothing's going on. Come on, here's a person that is in sin, coming to church like everything's good, probably involved in the church, maybe even in ministry, but instead of being talked to, sat down, or removed. See, God preserves his character in the purity of the church. Come on. The church practices discipline, listen, to bring people to repentance. We cannot allow others to see the church as a bunch of self-righteous people, but rather a community who truly honors God through their conduct, through their character, through how we talk and how we walk and how we do our things. We reflect the character of God. We as a church need to check when others, uh, when others are going through sin. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Back in the day, we checked each other. Come on, today, people call it judgment. You're judging me. No, no. Come on. We call it sin. In church, sin is sin. 
Come on, we don't tolerate it. Hey, we're going to call it out, amen. And so, you know what? When things go on, we're going to think everything's all right. You're going to think everything's going to right. But when we see sin, we got to call it out. Come on, I'm not saying that you go around ratting on everybody, telling everybody what, you, what other people are doing. Come on. But when sin is there, we say, I, we should be concerned. It is our responsibility as a church to put them back on track, not to talk about them. Come on, church. First Peter chapter 1, 13 to 16 says this. So prepare your minds for action and self exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I jumped. I jumped. I jumped. I'm sorry, church. 1 Corinthians 5.12. It is my responsibility, speaking of you, say me, it is your responsibility to judge. It is, oh, this is God. No, I'm sorry. Take that back. Take it back. Can I take it back? This is God. God, this is Jesus speaking here. It's my responsibility to judge the outsider, but it's certainly your, now say mine, your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. Woo, there it is. Woo, there it is. Come on. Whose responsibility? Whose? Say me. You take ownership here. Your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning, God will judge those on the outside. Come on. Like I said, we're not here to, to rat on people. We're here to put them back on track. First Peter now, 1, 13 to 16 says this. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. You must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your ways. Tell your neighbor, don't slip back. Come on, that, that's what happens to us. We slip back. Come on, we, st we stop getting rooted, we stop growing, and we slip back. Amen. When we slip back, everything stops. It does. So it says, don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. Do you, not, you, you didn't know any better then, but you must now be holy in everything that you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scripture says, you must be holy because I am holy. The purpose of the church is to be rooted in holiness. The second purpose, come on, the church is to be rooted in unity. Unity. So there must be holiness because we're reflecting and manifesting the character of God. Now we as a church must look and the church must be united. Amen. When you read 1 Corinthians, this church, the Corinth church, struggled in unity. They had a problem of being united. They had a problem of becoming one with each other. Amen. You see, once you begin to tolerate sin, once you begin to look the other way and act like nothing's going on, that's when the church begins to have a problem with unity. I want you to follow me, church. So instead of addressing the situation, it becomes the talk at the Rise Up Cafe. It becomes the whispers in the breeze area. It becomes a, the whispers in the talk in the courtyard. Come on, somebody say hello. Come on, hallelujah. Tell your neighbor you've been exposed. <laughs> there was also Christians fighting each other 
in the Corinth church. And also taking each other to secular courts to settle matters instead of working it out in the church. It says in 1 Corinthians 6, chapter 1, or uh, uh, chapter 6, verse 1, it says, When one of you has a dispute with another believer, how dare you file a lawsuit and ask a secular court to decide the matter instead of talking, uh, taking it, uh, or, or instead of taking it to each other, uh, to the other believer, instead of talking it out. The message Bible puts it like this. How dare you take each other to court when you think you've been wrong? Doesn't it make any sense to go to the court that knows nothing about God's way instead of the family of Christians? Come on. We have to be careful that we don't fall into this church. Amen. The scripture goes on to say that, that we as believers are going to judge the world. Did you know that? Come on. Wouldn't it be a good practice to work on the smaller cases now with each other? Come on. Unity is supposed to be one of the qualities, listen, of the church. When, when we are united, we are stronger, church. We, we, there, people notice unity, disputes and, and, and conflicts and disagreements and all this stuff, amen, reflects not the church, but it reflects the world. Amen. God's character you got to understand, we got to understand this, that we need to put on the character of his love, amen. The agape, the love of God, church, come on. When we put on God's love, amen, not your love and the way you think love is, but when you put on God's love, this will enable us to have this kind of unity in the church. God's character is best seen when two conflicting parties that, that disagree on something work it out together with the leadership to iron it out. Come on, when we come together and we can get into a room or get into a place that we can just iron out the difference and say, come on, let's just work it out. Come on, let's just work it out. Amen. That's the way it's supposed to be handled. Can somebody say amen? amen. If you have a problem that you cannot solve, come to your pastors here at PCLV. Come to your leadership or a good brother and sister that will steer you right. Come on. Love. Somebody say love. Love fuels a church. Come on, I don't know about you, but I felt love this morning. Come on, it felt good to come together. And there was just, man, it felt good. You say, hey, uh, good to see you again. Hugging people. It, there's love, amen. That's what it's all about, church. Uh, love will contribute to all other things because love conquers all. All. It'll conquer disagreements. It'll conquer your misunderstandings. It'll conquer your, what you, what you think they should be or not be. Amen. It conquers, uh, come on, uh, come on, sin. Because we don't judge them by their sin. Amen. We do, we're not judging people. We judge the sin, not the person. Love does that, church. First Corinthians 13, 13 says, uh, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is Love, hallelujah. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world, hallelujah. It's love, church. Uh, come on, everything that we do as a church should be birthed out of love, amen. Love for God, love for the ministry, love for each other, love for the lost. Come on, somebody. Don't give up on the backslider, amen. Don't give up on the prodigals, amen, that, that have lost. Pray for them. Day, keep serving, keep praying. They will come home. Why? Because God will go after them. That's his love for them because you have love for them. Come on, outreach shouldn't be viewed as something that we have to do, but something that we love to do. 
Come on, I love to go on outreach. I love to pass out a flyer. I love to share the love of Christ to somebody. It shouldn't be a burden. Oh, man, another outreach. Pastor Victor, come on. It should be something I get, yeah, can I preach today? Can I get on that bullhorn today? I want to testify about my Jesus, amen. I want to love on somebody that needs some prayer. It should be something that we love to do, amen. Hallelujah, because we love to see the lost saved. Don't ever lose that, church. There's souls out there that need to get saved. Seats that need to get filled in this place. Walls that need to be torn down, amen. Come on, come on, we got to have a love. Your love is what's going to bring them in. Because you reflect the character of God, and so we have no character of love, then the, the world is going to end up going to hell. We've got a job to do, because why? We have a purpose, church. And somebody say, amen. Come on. we got to have a compassion for those that are lost and blind, confused. Come on, somebody. Come on, we come to church not just because we, we, we don't want to go to hell. I mean, no, that's a good thing. Hallelujah. Man, I'm coming. I don't want to go to hell. Amen. We, we come to church, but we come to church because why? We love Jesus. Amen. We love Jesus. We love. Uh, we obey his word. We value our walk with God is why I am here. There is purpose, and I come to learn the walk. I come to be in fellowship with other believers, amen, that love the Lord. See, Paul is calling for more than just loving actions. According to the Bible, love has to start in the heart. It has to come here. It can't just be verbal. It can't just be trying to work it. Come on, we can't work for our salvation. Everything has to come from the heart, church. I'm standing here because it's from the heart. Come on, when we come up here because I got to do it. I got, then we lost it. We lost our first love. Come on, we got to get back to, man, is my heart beating for you? Do I get excited each time I hear a worship song, or when I read your word, does it skip a beat? Come on. Are we in love like that with God? I mean, that's, that's the place that we got to be is, you know what? I love the Lord when I hear people sing. When I hear my granddaughter singing uh, worship music, it, it, it makes my heart happy, church. Come on. When we see things like that, it should be happy. When someone's praying over someone, it should make us happy. Hey, bro, can we pray for them? Oh, man, okay, let's hurry up. Uh, all right. What kind of love is that? Amen. Come on, that prayer ain't going nowhere. Amen. That prayer just dropped to the floor. And the person you're praying for feels it and knows it. Come on, we, we gotta make time, church. Hallelujah. Paul's calling for more than actions. Uh, come on, he wants it from the heart. Come on, it shows, then if it's flowing from the heart, then it shows in our actions. That's the way it needs to be. If it's the other way, other way around church, we are simply serving without love. Come on. 1 Corinthians 13, 1-3 says this, If I speak in tongues of men and of, or of angels, but do not love, I am just a resounding clang or a, a clanging cymbal. If I have a gift of prophecy and fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge and I have faith to move mountains, but do I do not love, I am nothing. If I can give all I possess to the poor and give over my, my body to hardships that I may boast, but do not love, I gain nothing. Revelations chapter 2, 4 to 5 says this, but I have this complaint against you. 
You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Uh, Turn back to me and do the works that you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove the lampstand from its place among the churches. Look what the message Bible says. But you have walked away from your first love. Why? What's going on with you anyway? Do you have any idea how far you have fallen? A Lucifer fall. Turn back and recover your dearly early love. Don't waste time, for I'm well on my way to remove the light from the golden circle. I don't know about you, but I don't want God to remove the lamp from this church. We've got to go back to that first love. Remember the first love? Man, you just loved everybody. You just believed God for everything, right? I mean, you were happy. You were, woo. Come on, even the the old timers used to get mad at the old new ones. They get saved. Man, why are they full of joy? You know, because they forgot their first love. Sometimes we need new people to get saved in order to rub up on us old people, amen, to remind us of the love of God and what God does, that he comes to set the captive free. He comes to break the chains of sin, amen. He comes to recovery recovery the sight of the blind, amen. He does all this stuff, and sometimes we need new converts, but we need to get the people out there and show the love of the character of God to bring them in this place to remind us of that love. But sometimes we got to fan it into the flame. Tell your neighbor, fan it in. Got to fan it in. Man, I'm, you know, I'm not going to wait for nobody. I'm going to fan it. God, I'm going to get excited for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to illuminate my, myself. I'm going I'm to ignite myself. Kind of like a sister uh, 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 Miranda was sharing. You know what? This couple of weeks, she got excited. Did you hear that? She got excited. She, re- she got excited. She was reminded again. See, that's what we got to do is excite ourselves. And sometimes, you know what? If the flame's going low, then fan it in. We're waiting for other people. Amen. And then we come for a revival and all it is is just charcoal fluid. (laughs) But it don't last long. Come on, we get all excited for one thing. You know, we invite Pastor Joe. And I, get out, devil. And all of a sudden we're like, yeah. And then Monday we wake up and our flame is low. It's a false fire, church. You say I. I have to fan it. You got to fan it. Amen. Get excited for God. Can somebody say amen? Don't forget. Don't forsake your first love. The church of Ephesus was once commended. Listen. Once commended. This is the church of Ephesus. They were once commended for its love for God and for others. Come on. A lot of the original founders have died. And many of the second generation believers have lost their zeal for God. They were busy. They were a busy church. uh, And they were doing uh, the work only to benefit themselves. They were acting, listen church, out of wrong motives. Listen, it's not what the church can do for you, but what the church does for God. See, we start doing it for our own benefits. Listen, the work of God must be motivated by the love for God, otherwise it will not last. If you're not motivated for the love of God, then you will not last, church. You will flake out, you will flesh out, you will sin, you will do what you want to do. You go back to doing your own thing, having your own desires. Come on, somebody. The purpose of the church is to be holy and united in love. Last purpose today, I'll promise to get you out of here before one o'clock.
I'm going to try. Tell your neighbor, he's going to try. <laughs> the church is to be rooted in the reflection of God's character. Paul stresses the characteristics of holiness. He stresses unity and love because the character of the church is supposed to reflect the character of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9 through 11, it says, Do you not realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols, who commit adultery or male prostitutes or practice homosexuality are, or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or, or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were like that at once, but you have been cleansed and you have been made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Come on. Any of those things reflect your old past? Come on. See, those things cannot be part of us as Christians. See, we think we can live and we call it we're saved by grace, and we still, we're not supposed to practice these things. Those things will not, listen, those things, those people that have those things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You cannot get in. doesn't matter if you came to church every Sunday. If you're still practicing that, you're out. Come on, yeah, come on. Yeah, have you seen movies of the rapture, amen, and people that are left behind? Why? Because they were practicing those things still. They think they were saved by grace or, or, or someone told them that with a false preaching and believe that instead of studying the scriptures for yourself, even the things I preach out here, you should go study them for yourself, church. I don't just take my word and say, okay, pastor says, no, no, you, uh, you got to line it. I'll line it with the word, but go, go, go study it for yourself. It's your responsibility, not mine. It is your responsibility. I got a responsibility, but you still have a responsibility to make sure that I am in, in check. I want you to check me. That's why I sometimes they oh, reverse. I catch myself sometimes. <laughs> Come on, because I'm just flowing. Sometimes you, you're kind of just going through all, but you got you to you you, you slow down sometimes. If I confuse you, don't just run with it. Come to me, and I'll correct it. I'll be the first to humble myself. You say, you know, you're right. That was the wrong thing I said. Come on. My wife corrects me all the time. I thank her. I thank her for that. Amen. Babe, what you said there, that wasn't Paul. That was Moses. <laughs> Simple things like that, you know. Come on. You get, you get excited. Come on. Some of you guys, come on. You, you, you got so much stuff up there, and you think it was Paul, and you know what I'm talking about. Come on. Now Moses took them all from the ark. No, it was Noah, dummy. You know, <laughs> right? But, but we, they're still men of God. <laughs> you know what I mean. Come on, somebody. Don't look at me all. Oh. I'm crazy, a false preacher. <laughs> I say something false, and I lose you. Like, oh, shut down. You lost me, Pastor. No, no, no. Get back to me. I'll correct it. The church is supposed to manifest the character of God to this world, to your coworkers, to your unsaved family members. The church life is never to be about me or about you or about even PCLV. It is all about God. It is all about Jesus. Hallelujah. And when they see, people see that inside, they'll see it in our church, then they will see the character of God. 
Are we doing what we do for the sake of the gospel or for the glory of God? Listen, church, you got to understand if we cultivate a sub-Christian holiness that tolerates sin, then we are deceiving people what God is like. If we are people running ministries and we're drinking and smoking and using foul language, then we are showing the world it's okay. Instead of being holy and displaying God's character. If we cultivate a sub-Christian unity that ignores gossip and division, then we are confusing people about how God really is. If we say that God is love, and we can't even love each other, then we give a wrong impression, impression of God's love to the world. Church, we have a purpose. We have a purpose. As I close today, look at before one o'clock. I told you. I'm, I'm trying to be a man of my word now. <laughs> God's moved. God has done things. He's moved in our worship. He's moved in the altar, guys. Let me tell you, God done everything already. I don't need to add nothing to it. I'm here to just bring you the word, amen, that we need to be rooted in a purpose. And we need to be rooted in these areas, church. So let's get rooted in the purpose of the church as we end 2022 and go into 2023 by displaying God's character for God's glory. By living a life of holiness, unity, and love for him. Can somebody say amen? Come on, let's all stand up. I got a lunch thing to go to.